Okay, pump the brakes. She wasn't dying. Don't make it sound like I was going after him when his mama was dying in the hospital. That's not what happened. You're listening to Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong. Welcome to episode 165 of the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is my partner in crime, writer, journalist, published author, Jessica Salaji. Do you ever wish you we had a shorter title? Sometimes. <laughs> Especially when it comes to getting a web page. I mean, you enunciate so well. I try. Let me tell you why you're wrong. Well, I don't want to come out. Hey, y'all. Y'all wrong. Here's why. <laughs> That's shorter. <laughs> it is shorter. <laughs> it is shorter. How was your week? Oh, it was fine. It was just fine. How was your week? Good. I mean, busy. Yeah. But good. Uh, it turns out, mom does listen to the show. Your mom so cr- cares about what you do? Yeah. I, <laughs> uh, I posted the show up on my Facebook and first comment was my mother saying, I did listen, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, hi, Mom. I'm, I'm using the new mic. <laughs> you sound the same to know, me. Yeah, well, I don't know what all the buttons do, but... Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations, so sound- though. I mean, honestly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm try, trying to, uh, to, to be moving on up. Yes, Trying to be like 80% of what Shane Hazel does on his audio. Okay, keep trying. <laughs> <laughs> you can do so, it. So what about Geraldo? I don't watch like nighttime <laughs> or daytime news. Really, I try to avoid it at all costs. But um, I saw the headline about when he um, used... I mean, he clashed over the Dante Wright protests. Did you see it, or did you hear about it? It just made me laugh. Just, just when you sent it to me, uh, Geraldo Rivera was uh, was doing a talking head debate with Dan uh, Bongino. I think his name is. Uh, Dan was a former New York City cop and a former a Secret Service agent. And I think Dan accused Geraldo of wanting to see America burn, and Geraldo came back with "You son of a." Yeah, and he called him a punk. <laughs> I didn't know people still a, said that. You know, a lawyer, uh, television personality, called a former cop and Secret Service agent a punk. On live TV. On live TV. Yeah, I thought lawyers were supposed to be a little smarter with their words. And of course, everybody has a bad day. Geraldo's been having them for for seventy seven years. I don't yeah, like I don't like him, but he and what did he say back to him? He told him to take a Valium and a muscle relaxer, something like that. Yeah, look, Geraldo was the same guy that he and his brother were embedded uh, when the Iraq War began, and uh, apparently the reason they were thrown out of country, if I, I, I I'm recalling something from twenty years ago. Is he says, well, I can't tell you where we are. And then he draws a map in the sand. But if this is Baghdad, this is where we are. Which, just because you didn't say the name of the city doesn't mean you, you weren't giving away valuable intelligence. So they they uh, threw him out of threw him out of country. For, for, that was my understanding of what happened. Hmm. But you know, I remember, sorry, Eric. I remember <laughs> Geraldo going back to the '90s and '80s with opening up uh, opening up a safe. It turned out to be empty. I mean, he was a daytime TV host. It doesn't mean none of his points are valid, but eh, screw Geraldo. Yeah, I'm not a fan. But I did like that he lost his cool. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) Also hilarious. Arizona Attorney General Mark (laughs) Brunvich. Yeah, that's as bad as your name. No, that's way worse. B-R-N. Three consonants before a vowel. Mine, I only have two consonants in a row, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, B R N O V I C H sues 
a Biden administration for not studying the environmental <clears throat> impact of more migrants coming to the U.S. I think it's hilarious. Like, he really just piled on and found, like, multiple left-leaning angles and threw it back at him. Well, we'll see if it goes anywhere. No, but, I mean... It's kind of like the legislature. Like, if they're wasting time on frivolous stuff, at least they're not ruining lives. Yeah, but they're taking up federal court time. Sure, but... But, you know, if... For not studying the environmental impact, that's that's about the worst thing the government can do is study anything. Well, sure, but... So, in his... In the complaint, it said, migrants, like everyone else, need housing, infrastructure, hospitals, and schools. They drive cars, purchase goods, and use public parks and other facilities. Their actions also directly result in the release of pollutants, carbon dioxide, and other greenhouse gases. All these activities have significant environment impact. Um, Poorly written, if that is not a typo by Reason.com, but um, if... You know, if you're not going to talk about the impact that it has on our our you know our social programs and and our our infrastructure and and everything else, or even even our tax system, because a lot of people do pay taxes. I mean, if you're not going to have that conversation, like I think it's just a, what he's trying to do is slap him around and say, well, you guys care so much about the damn environment, how much you talk about it in that capacity? If you won't talk about everything else that's costing us a fortune, and I don't care what anybody says, it does cost money. Sure. Um, you know, he's just giving them a taste of their own. He's not going to go anywhere. I mean. No, it's not. I how mean, do you measure how much a per- an individual, I mean, I know they do, but like, how do you measure that and then put it in court? And, and then what? Like, let's say that they tell us how much, you know, the border migrants are costing us in pollutants and carbon dioxide. Then what? Do we bill them for carbon it? Carbon dioxide. I would. That that's the one that makes me laugh is the carbon dioxide because they produce the same amount of carbon dioxide for the environment whether they're in Guatemala <laughs> yeah. or in Ciudad Juarez, Texas. I mean, they're still exhaling the same amount of carbon dioxide. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's true though. It is. You know, it's it's absolutely true. I mean, it's I don't know, man. That's. Uh, the just being a being an outdoorsman, it kind of breaks my heart when you see where the migrants have been coming through. With, uh, you know, obviously they don't have bathroom facilities, and because they are on the move, there's no desire to to you know create a cat box and bury their their refuse or anything else. It's just strewn about. You know, human beings, all you know, all animals. If they consume something, they have to expel something. Mm-hmm. And uh, that with with wrappers and 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 everything else, the, the two liter bottles and everything else, yeah, it's heartbreaking to see something that that is a pristine environment destroyed. Ah, man, it, the border crisis is just so easy to fix. Do away with the incentive. Well, now I, I I'm going to tread lightly here, but when you go camping in bear country. They tell you to to how to how to take care of your trash, how to take care of uh, your food, hang it from a tree, that that kind of stuff, to not attract not attract something that's going to come and cause damage. So you do the same thing when when you have our our handouts, our, our liberal policies on both behalf of Democrats and Republicans. By the way, when you when you have these these generous handouts. Of course, you're going, to attra- you're going to attract bears. That that's what happens if, if you if you hang something out that's that's tasty. You're going to attract something, and if you take that away, you take away their motivation. There'd be no reason to come up here. And doing away with a lot of those policies would would. I can't scroll through Facebook without seeing ten companies that are hiring right now because we can't get people to get off their asses because if you make more money on unemployment. Sure. So what Americans are unwilling to do. There are a bunch of people from Central and South America going, hey, I'll do it. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah. I'm with you there. And I, and I don't, I mean, I don't, 
I don't think we should just take the incentive away for for them. We should take the incentive away for for a lot of people. I mean, but that's that's an amen, sister. <laughs> that's another Preach. conversation for another day. But you know, Biden. We we talked a little bit about when he first was when he first was sworn in, and then all the executive orders that he started signing initially. And I don't I don't think I understand, um, like the one the migrant protection program one, the MPP, where it says you if you're looking if you're seeking asylum you have to go back to mexico to wait for your hearing the asylum process i mean they do speed up the um the process because you're seeking asylum but why would he repeal that i mean we don't have a place for them why because it's it's all about optics it's all about reversing what the other guy did it's all about reversing what the the orange man did because it's more important to him to get to stick a knife into to Trump and his supporters than it is to actually take care of the country. Look, we have to we have to motivate people to work, and, and and since government has no role motivating, we need to do away with the incentives to not work. Well, and government not is. only doesn't have a role to do it, but it's incompetent at actually doing it. I mean. Right. Uh, they suck. We've had, we've had the conversation before, and I think on the show several times. Why don't I believe in conspiracy theories? Because I don't think the government's good at anything. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the, 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 look, I, the, the border wall is costing us more now not to finish it. Aren't there like penalties in the contracts and everything too? Yes, exactly what I'm referring to. I'm not. I'm not even tar- talking about the societal or the taxpayer drain or anything else. At this point, all these contractors—they're called contractors because there's a contract. What? Oh, I know. I know. I'm breaking news here. Contractors like contracts. Uh, so it's almost like they did it to protect themselves. Oh, almost. Almost like, all right, daddy government, I'm going to get in bed with you, but we're going to use protection. Oh, my God. But so, I was about to say, you know, you talked about the optics, but they're not actually not building the I mean, they're still doing everything that leads up to a border wall. Right. Uh, after promising to stop land seizures, the Biden administration just stole a family's property for a border wall. And by stole, they mean eminent domain, um, which is theft, in my opinion. They're, I mean. Absolutely, it's theft. Uh, oh, I mean, look, I, eminent domain is not, uh, I mean, look, go- government at all levels abuses eminent domain. Donald Trump was known to abuse eminent domain as a businessman. Mm-hmm. And and take people's homes to 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 build his to build his hotels, casinos, a parking structure. I think was one of them where he was trying to take somebody's house. Economic development, right? And economic development is never a good reason for uh, for eminent domain. Never. Well, in this one that they're talking about with the Biden administration, I guess it started in a lawsuit under Trump, um, but the Biden administration didn't stop it and didn't. They allowed it to go through, I guess, and um, which I don't really understand. Like, why would you take someone? Why would you not withdraw the lawsuit if you're if you've ended funding for the wall? Why would you do that? We're utterly devastated," said Baldia Dila Cavazos. Man, <laughs> man, he's loading me up on <laughs> names I can't pronounce. <laughs> Of course, if I had read all the stories before we got we got on air, that would, that would have helped, too. <laughs> Whose family owns land in Hidalgo County, Texas. We thought President Joe Biden would protect us. That's where you went wrong. <laughs> now, we've lost our land. We don't even know what comes next. Well, nothing comes next. You lost your land. That's the end of the story. I mean, you're not getting it back. Yeah, this is mine now. And I love how the Hill and everyone report it as a seizure. Like, I mean, but they're not, I don't know. Is it like they call it a seizure? Then they call it a land forfeiture. 
And um, the guy said, you know, I'm very disappointed in Biden. I thought he was a man of his word, but apparently he's not keeping his word. He said, not one more foot of wall and no land forfeitures. We took him at his word and we want him to keep his word. He'd shine him up and put him out front and and the next presidential election. And then apparently there was supposed to be a, um, I guess like a, review done by march 20th that so that i guess biden put it in place when he signed all those executive orders and he said he wanted to see all the resources that were being allocated and that they missed the deadline so that's pretty cool um (laughs) well you know this is a retired couple that uses that land for income and look we shouldn't have to to pull heartstrings to say something's right or something's wrong well, the government's doing it. They're saying that a national emergency is the reason that they're taking this guy's land. No, I get it. I'd say it doesn't matter what the reason. Stealing from the citizenry is wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that they use this land for it, it doesn't matter if these people were billionaires and this just happened to be their hobby farm. It doesn't make it right to take it from them. So what you know, this couple is discovering is what the who told us many years ago. Welcome the new boss, same as the old boss. And that's when administrations change, we, we get a lot of fluff and a lot of stuff that's going on in the ancillary, in the, in the wings of, of what's going on. But the, the central stuff doesn't change. Statists are still statists. Whether they have an R after your name or a D after your name. So it's not that if if Trump had won, he'd still have his he'd still have his land. No, and they but they said that um, since I guess when they I guess I guess the reason that Biden asked for that review was it allowed them to get continuances in court, and then they missed the deadline, and so there's apparently 114 court cases pertaining to the border wall in some capacity um, against the federal government because that have been filed since. Wow. Yeah. So. I don't know, man. I, look, I. I 115 I, if you include the attorney general from Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> well, look. I, 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 I like, like I said before, I, the, the, the whole border wall thing uh, w- would be less needed if if we took away if we took away the incentive to not work for Americans and the incentive incentive away from uh, other from people in other countries to come here now look asylum means you're coming here for safety and when you seek asylum you go to the first safe country but you, you know you don't come here looking for economic asylum and we absolutely should have a a very generous Immigration policy. We need people. You know, our our birth rates are down. We absolutely need people to come in and and do do a lot a lot of jobs that we don't have we don't have labor for, and that's and that's fine. And if if that's someone's coming here to produce, and someone's coming here to start a business, go go uh, uh, to to bring a service to this country. Great. Let's get, let's get you in line. Get you processed. But when you when you like Chinese nationals that come here on a, a what do they call them? It's it's like birth tourism where they'll fly here when they're nine months pregnant, have a baby, mm-hmm. and that baby has uh, is now a citizen, then fly back home, and now that baby always for the next eighteen years has a way back in the country. So I don't know. I'm I'm, get, I'm getting off in the weeds. That's the, how the immigration discussion goes, though. I mean, it is. It is. I, I, w- I would like to see a modification to the birthright citizenship. Really? How? How would you fix that? I don't know. I mean, first, first of all, you'd have to. You'd have to. It would take a, a convention of the states. Yeah. That the birthright citizenship was always meant to give citizenship to free slaves. Freed slaves. Uh, it was never meant to have this idea that you could hop across the border, pop out a kid, and that kid is an American citizen forever. It was it was a measure to make sure 
that the former Confederate states could not disenfranchise freed slaves. And of course, you know, things are never written correctly. They have wide sweeping repercussions that at the time the authors don't look at. So the the intent of of, of the amendment was never to 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 grant you know uh, uh, citizenship to to somebody who is here uh, illegally to somebody else who's uh, received with somebody else who's here illegally and then to be born and then okay you're a citizen now that was never the intention of, of the of the amendment of the clause in that amendment right. So I don't know. It would take it would take some lawyers smarter than I am to to sit down and say, well, how, this is what this is what we intend. We intend that if uh, uh, every person born in this country to 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 legal residents are are, are offered citizenship. But I don't know. How, I don't know how you clamp down on on the baby tourism. How does it work in other countries? Tourism. Like if I was born, if if my parents were traveling and I had been born in Kuwait. I'm relatively certain you're not a citizen of Kuwait. There are caveats. Military um, bases. Military bases. Uh, parents that are international parents. So you've got, you're born in the UK, but you're, but, uh, your father's, your father's American, your mother's British. And there's, there's different caveats to that. Mm-hmm. But I can't think of a, any country around the world where you just happen to be in the country that day, pop out a kid and all of a sudden they're, they're entitled to, to everything that's offered to their citizens. It's unsustainable. It's absolutely unsustainable. Again, we're getting off getting off on the weeds as a, as the as the clock is ticking by. Fine. Uh, in Georgia news, the Griffin Spalding County School Board approved a resolution supporting BLM at its April 13th Board of Education meeting. Yeah, this one I don't know why the school board did this. I mean, Yes, they're elected. Yes, they can pretty much do what they want because in as the state constitution is outlined, you know, they answer to the governor. They don't technically answer to the people. Um, so they have more autonomy than, you know, a board of commissioners or a, a city council or something. But the the language of the resolution is not just like, I mean, it's it's a hefty political statement they ask for americans they, they're they're calling on americans to dismantle white supremacy and um, grapple with the sins of our past and that these nationwide protests are um in response to what happened to george floyd and other unarmed african-americans because that they were not a result of just a bad apple that it was a quote predictable consequence of a racist and pre- prejudiced system and culture that has treated black bodies as the enemy from the beginning um, and it's one page, and they they voted on it five to one. And the reason I wrote about it was because they passed it on a Tuesday, and then on Wednesday, of course, you know, no one, hardly anyone was at the meeting because they don't engage in their local governments. And then they found out about it on social media and started swirling around. And by Thursday, this even though it was passed, the school board or the school system deleted the resolution off their website. Um, which I think is super crappy because, well, one, you're not supposed to do that. And two, um, why would you do that if you're confident in what you did? Where might somebody find a copy of this resolution that was deleted? www.thegeorgiavirtue.com. There you go. I'll keep teeing them up. You keep knocking them out. Yes. Thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> On your show. <laughs> Um, but no, I just, I don't understand why they did this. Like, what good does it do? What, and, they, and they're not even calling for anything. I mean, oh, so, I mean, is someone going to be like, well, you know, I wasn't going to dismantle white supremacy, but I heard the Griffin Spalding County School System approved a resolution, and so I'm going to hop to it. I'm trying to figure out what I'm the supreme commander of, because it sure as hell is not my home. I mean, I, I I'm trying to figure out what exactly I, I'm I'm doing, but what? Get back to your damn box, Jesus! 
You're a local school board. Why don't you worry about educating those little things that, that you have running around the hallways and government buildings? Why don't you worry about how to better prepare children coming out of your district, Spalding County, to, to find out if to, to, to let them be better prepared to be productive adults or good students in the next level in college? Why not focus on, because I know there's Griffin Tech down there, on getting the kids that, that maybe going into a technical field prepared to go to tech school. What there's, there's so much wrong with public education in this country that this is what they're worried about. They're worried about kissing the ass of a, of a communist uh, organization. And hell, remember communists, first person they kill when they go into a country, shake <sighs> Rivera were teachers. You jackasses. The Might first be my- person that they kill when they when they they come in, round up the teachers and you whack them. That way, the government is completely in control of the education of the young people, and that that was the way Shea Guevara did it. So all those little bastards running around with their red Shea Guevara T-shirts, you have my permission just to pimp slap them, and explain to them exactly what Shea Guevara was. Off on another hog trail, I know. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I. <laughs> I'm going to get a phone call, too. Dave, on this, this stupid podcast, it's okay to slap people wearing a Shaker Vera shirt. <laughs> um, I, I need a moment. Um, I just... I do that. I yeah. do that. No, I, I think my favorite line from the whole resolution is that they that the school system has a critical role to play in creating an equitable society which is intolerant of of intolerance do what (laughs) they have an obligation a vested interest to make sure that society is intolerant of intolerance do they realize that they invoked the uh, uh austin powers thing Mm. If it's one thing I can't stand is people, or there's two things I can't stand: people who are intolerant of other people's cultures and the Dutch. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I just it, <sighs> yeah, no, it's 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 dumbfounding, which is awesome on a uh, audio media just to be speechless. And yeah, this isn't the first time I've read it, it is, but reading it again, like every time I look at it, I'm like, I see something else, I guess. And you know, they say that they support Black Lives Matter because all lives matter. I thought, first of all, I thought you weren't allowed to say that, but or is it just is it just us people like us that aren't allowed to say that? Um, but you know, slavery, Jim Crow, and segregation were systems of legalized and monetized white supremacy for which generations of black and brown people paid an immeasurable price. That cost must be acknowledged, and the privilege that accrued to some at the expense of others must be reckoned with and redressed. You know, recognizing that this country has a not not the best history with race relations is not is and it's in and of itself not bad. Absolutely. Let's celebrate where we've come and we're and and say, let's, you know, I obviously we would love to get to get, you know, racism and hate out of everybody's heart, but that's not the role of government. The the systemic racism within government is gone. It's gone. You can't you're not gonna be able to control people's hearts. The one Jim Crow law that is still on the books Conceal weapons permits. A hundred percent designed to keep firearms out of the hands of freed slaves. Absolutely a Jim Crow law. But that one seems to be okay. Well, it addresses an end goal. But, you know, my question is if if all of this is true and this school system has been around for so long, why are you doing such job educating children and why do you have to put out a resolution? Why aren't you like why haven't you raised and educated generations of people who believe what supposedly this resolution is supposed to resolve. I mean, what are you doing? Well, how about teaching kids that there is no excuse for failure? Oh, the system's against me. You know what? Study harder. Successful people don't look for excuses. And that this is not what I want my, my school board doing. And obviously, I don't, I don't live in, in Spalding County. But that's not what I want a school system doing. I want a school system teaching children to become productive adults. That's all I care about. 
is preparing them to be productive adults, whether they're going to medical school or they're going to dig ditches. I don't care. They need to be prepared to be productive adults. They need to come out of out of high school with a basic set of skills. You need to be able to read at a certain level so that you can be informed and you can do your own research. You need to be able to do basic math and hopefully have a basic understanding of how government works. And then obviously, if you want to, if you want to prepare kids for, for the next level, that's fine. That's, no, that's great. I mean, we, we, we absolutely need doctors. We need, uh, lawyers. Uh, we, we need architects. We, we, we need, we need all those people to make a society work. But doing this, all, I don't see how that accomplishes any of this, how that teaches any of their kids how to be productive members of society. What it teaches them is if you, if you don't get ahead in life, piss and moan. And look for somebody to blame. And look for a system to blame. And the successful people who, who I know don't. But this is a good time to remind you that these are our opinions. And not those of anyone not on the show or any respective company for which we may work, own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. No. Da-dun. No, that's not Da-dun. the sound I made. Da-dun. No. That's not the sound you made in your head when try, you typed it out? No, you try it again. We'll sing you, to us, first Jess. of all, you said dunna, which is not enough words. <laughs> oh, you like Jiminy Cricket <laughs> in my headset. You know that? Dunna, dunna. So Vernon Jones' big news announcement. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would be Sports Center. <laughs> Vernon Jones' big news announcement Friday. Gubna, New York Times reported Thursday night, uh, he joins uh, Appling County educator Candace Taylor uh, uh, in the uh, Republican primary to unseat. I can't think of a worse person to run for any office anywhere um, other than perhaps Savannah Mayor Van Johnson or Park Cannon. Um, well, I, I could probably think of a lot of terrible people, but I don't know what Vernon Jones is doing. The guy has a, a record the mile a mile long. And not a great record. Okay. So Vernon came up through uh, and, and he's an educated guy. They went to school in North Carolina. Uh, worked for MCI Communications, uh, worked for uh, Bell South. Uh in the corporate world. Then, then in, I think 2000, 2001, he becomes the DeKalb County CEO. Which is the most messed up position in our state anyway, other than maybe like public service commissioner or something, but yeah. So he's surrounded in scandals. Uh, A bunch of people while he was elected, went to jail prison. Yeah. All around him. And you know he's he and he steps out like you know a, a phoenix out of the flames. Uh, even in in, in that uh, limited role, I think he was smacked with like seventy five hundred dollars in ethics fines for taking uh, taking too much too many donation or too high a, a donation from from certain members from certain people, which he had to under the agreement return the excess contribution. And uh, obviously pay a $7,500 fine, which is a huge ethics fine. Yeah, it's huge. usually like $125. Right. So that this was, this was not a, a one of the, uh, I forgot to file something. But did he pay it? I don't know. Did he pay it? I don't think so, because he owes like twenty five grand. Yeah, outstanding. Um so we've got the ethics violations there. We've got, uh, I guess, in 2017, he, he runs for state. Uh, d- during this time, he runs for uh, state senate, fails, runs for something else, I think, fails, and finally wins a, a house seat. He ran 2000- for sheriff. He ran for sheriff of DeKalb County, and there's nothing in his bio that tells me he's post-qualified. Uh, no. Modern libertarian conservative. Ugh. Okay, that's from this Wikipedia page. Modern Libertarian Conservative. Yeah, I'm not sure what that means. I mean, I, individually, I know what each one of those words means. But together, I'm not sure what they mean. 
Uh, he's got a, a really spotty, uh, spotty record uh, with this stuff. And look, everything I hear about about Jones is is people like him, and, and it's it's very very common. Obviously, that's that's how you get into politics is you're likable and people like you. Uh, I I was talking to uh, some state reps the other day. We were talking about Vernon. Like he they said he's just a different cat, man. He, you know he's. He's a pro-gun Democrat. This is obviously before he, he decided to jump ship. Pro-gun Democrat comes, walks in the house in a cowboy hat and cowboy boots and and stuff like that. And he's and he's well liked down there, but he wasn't liked enough to show up to vote. He missed a hundred well, votes. I think is the number you gave him. in one year. In one year, a hundred votes. In forty days, he missed a hundred votes. That's yeah, impressive. One session. And these, and these are these are votes where these are unexcused votes for the most part. And well, we talked about this show before. Votes. Yeah, it was a hundred votes where he was present but didn't cast a vote. Like he he didn't he wasn't absent. He just didn't vote. Yeah, and look, there's a certain amount of fluff with stuff that happens. Uh, they'll get a vote on some resolution to name I don't know name a. State building or something stupid, stuff that they vote on, and you know, some reps will, or if they're in a meeting with constituents or whatever, don't don't will miss that vote because it's just not that big of a deal. But twenty five percent is a big number. Well, you're also supposed to put an e up and be excused so people know you're not on the floor. That's true too. So you don't end up like Bill Werkheiser and have someone voting for you when you're not there. Well, he immediately played played victim when this was brought up. It may have been to you. You may have, oh, have called him out on. Uh, but he, he was talking about it was either his mother, I think it was his mother, uh, was in the hospital and she was dying. I guess he got a phone call and and, and left immediately. Again, okay. I pump the I brakes. Don't, I don't, she wasn't dying. Don't make it sound like I was going after him when his mama was dying in the hospital. That's not what happened. She was <laughs> ill and he was like running back and forth between the hospital and the and that was only on the last day. That wasn't all 100 votes. It was like I don't know 30 of them, and all he had to do was put an e up. He's just lazy, but he kept coming back like he'd vote a little and then he'd leave for a little while. Like he, he just wanted to give the impression that he was in two places at one time. Well, that's the thing is, look, if if I'm your boss and you come to me and say, Dave, I, I need to go. My mom's really sick in the hospital. I, I, can, I, can I take the day off? They, even even Ralston uh, is, has, I mean, has some human emotions and be like, hey, look, uh, Mr. Speaker. Uh, my mother's very sick. I, I need to run to the hospital. He said, "You know, you're excused. That's all you have to do. It's the same courtesy that you would give you would give any boss. You don't if you're if you're a, a checkout clerk at Publix and you hear that uh, you need you need to run to to visit your mom in the hospital. You don't just leave with your drawer open and split. You say okay, <laughs> and then you go tell your boss, look, I've got to go, and and then you do whatever you need to do to the the proper process of leaving." <laughs> Well, you can leave your drawer open and split, but you're not going to have a job to come back to. And Vernon did. Right. Y- right. You know, and- I met him when I lived in Atlanta. I think we've talked about that on the show. We have. Yeah. Um, nice yoga pants. Yeah, we didn't have a very good interaction. Um, we met at the gym for anybody who's new. Yeah, um, I, I, I meant to harass you a little bit when we brought the story in and mentioned, mentioned yoga pants, but. Yeah. It's important mm-hmm. to note I cannot see Jessica. <laughs> yeah. But he's just he's just trash. I mean, he's a trash ethically. He's he's trash in in his character. And and the issues with his residency, I mean, he he was dishonest about where he was living and then he changed political parties right before the decision about his residency were, was going to be ordered by the Ethics Commission like a couple of days before and nobody even Nobody even like blinked an eye because they're like, "Oh my God, this black Democrat is supporting Donald Trump." Right. And here's the thing: we talk about his residence, and we've talked about it on the show before. Apparently, uh, in between, or at some point after his first election to this to the House in 2017, whatever it was, he uh, he moved, and then when he ran for re-election, he used the his old address to stay in district because he knew that he could win. Otherwise, he would have had to go up against a colleague. Right. So we already have that. 
we already have th- that was coming out before he magnanimously decided that he was not going to run for re-election because he just didn't agree with the party. Yeah, he was already busted for not living where he said he was living. That's that's a that's a that's a fairly big deal. And unless instead you, of taking unless you run for Congress, Lucy McBath, then you can live where the hell you want. Apparently, but instead of taking the heat for it, he just came out for Donald Trump. Right, and look, he may very well agree with Donald Trump. He he he's quoted as saying that he he supported uh, W. He uh, supported Obama. And then, then he supported Trump. Okay, no libertarian has ever voted for Barack Obama. This is probably true. Uh, so this 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 is all window dressing with. And I really thought he wanted a job in Fox News, and he probably could have had it. And his and his interviews are great. I mean, and I'm talking about from a from a stylistic standpoint. Uh, the way he set his office up to do these these sort of uh, Zoom interviews on, on cable news, he's got the American flag to one side, the Georgia flag to the other. He's got all the stuff behind him. It's set up. I mean, it it it, it portrays the the perfect image of what he of exactly what he wanted to 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 portray, and it was done very very well. And and from from that from a PR standpoint, I, I'm pretty impressed with it. But you can't you can't ignore his uh, his 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 past. This is not this is not ancient history. This is not when he was thirty years old. This is not you know uh, young Vernon r- running the streets at, at twenty. This is he's sixty now, I believe. So even the even the the stuff as DeKalb County CEO, he was in his forties. This is not a kid. This is not youthful indiscretion. Well, and like, what is his obsession with being elected? Like, he he ran and was a House rep in 1992 until 2001. Then he was the CEO. Then he um, did all his little time in, in county office. Then he ran for United States Senate. Then he ran for U.S. Congress. Then he ran for sheriff. Then he ran back to the House. Like... And now he wants to be governor. He has spent the last 30 years running for office. Yeah, it's the same thing. I, the same problem I have with, with, with Karen Handel. Why do you want it so much? And I would ask, I would ask Vernon this, the same question is that I talked about with Candace Taylor. Okay, it's now end of March, beginning of April 2020. What do you do? You're sitting in that big house in Buckhead. What do you do? And you know, looking back with without without looking back with with uh, uh, with hindsight, benefit of being a year later, what do you do? You just got the election results as governor. What do you do? Don't tell me about Secretary of State. That's a separate constitutional office. What mm-hmm. do you do as governor? I mean, really, if he if he wanted to to work on fair elections why isn't he running for secretary of state well i want to know because you know there's the rumors that jeff duncan isn't going to run again and i mean from our lips to god's ears hopefully he won't um but why wouldn't you run for that too like it would be i mean you'd have like why are you i don't think kemp is the end-all be-all by any means um i don't think I, I've said before on the show, I think he handled COVID like a champ. I don't like everything he did, but relatively speaking, I've been quite pleased. Um, I've not liked all of his initiatives that he's pushed through the legislature, through his floor leaders. But I also don't think he broke the law and conspired with China with our elections. I say all that to say, like, if he's like not, he's not the worst problem we've got. And they're going to get Stacey Abrams elected. You think Stacey's going to run? I do. Well, the AJC also uh, speculated about possible gubernatorial candidates. Uh, Chris Carr. Ha. Huh. Uh, U.S. Rep. Buddy Carter. Boo. Doug Collins. Boo. Kelly Loeffler. 
Absolutely not. Ruffles are just about to be back in because she's gone out of the limelight and women are going to be allowed to wear ruffles again without trying to look like Kelly. And this chick is going to try to swoop back in the political realm. No, not having it. And Herschel Walker. No. For governor. Man, governor is one of those positions where I, I, I want to see some executive experience, which I, I, I don't see with Candace Taylor. I don't see with Vernon Jones. Well, being, he did have the CEO position. I'll give him that. Yeah, and everybody went to, went to jail around him. Yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying he did a good job. I'm just saying he did sit in an executive spot. I will. Yes, mm. for, for a short time, uh, as all, the, all his uh, loyal troops t- fell on the sword. Uh, yes, he was technically an executive for a short time. Uh, oh man, but I, but I, I want to I want to see somebody with with some sort of experience. I want to see, see somebody with uh, with gravitas, and and I don't I, I I don't see it in that list. I don't necessarily think Herschel Walker would be bad running for office, but I, I probably wouldn't start with governor. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I, not that I dislike the guy, I, I think that. Maybe if if you want to serve the people of Georgia, which he doesn't even live in Georgia at this point, this would be him moving from Texas back to Georgia in order to run. Yeah, no thanks. Also news, Senator Jen Jordan is running for Georgia Attorney General against Democrat Charlie Bailey in hopes of challenging Christopher Carr. Yeah. I like Charlie Bailey. Like I actually, I voted for him not just because he was challenging Carr, but because I actually like some of his positions, especially on open government and stuff. And so I'm, I'm really disappointed to see her running because, like, Charlie Bailey came pretty close to defeating Chris Carr three years ago or whenever that was, 2018. Yeah, three years ago almost. And like. We know Democrats are going to have a higher turnout. We know they're going to work harder. He announced way earlier this time, and she's screwing it up. And in screwing it up, like, her platform is that, I mean, she represents Atlanta. She's in Cobb. So Hunter Hill gave her his seat because when he ran for governor in 2018, he abandoned his seat because he didn't finish his term, cost the taxpayers special election, and the Republicans gave up the seat um, in Cobb County. So thank you, Hunter. Um, But... She represents Atlanta and Sandy Springs. She's from Eastman, which is a talking point of hers now because apparently we're supposed to think, oh, she's some cool country girl. Um, and then she details like all about how she fought against Kemp's heartbeat bill. Well, that's cool and all, but like, I mean, of course she's a lawyer, but what, you know, what, what, what are you doing here? Like, what, what, what are you going to do? Why are you why are you using this as a platform to talk about how you fought against Kemp's heartbeat bill when there's a guy who has a plan talking about the open government division and the you know the this the the one the lawsuits that are between states and you know I don't always agree with all of them but like he has a plan. Well here's a quote. He seems to be more the governor's lawyer than the people's lawyer. Okay, well she's an idiot because he is the governor's lawyer. He's the state's lawyer. Like, if you call the attorney general's office or you read it in the Constitution, his office is to represent the state of Georgia. And that doesn't mean the people. Like, quite literally, he represents all the government entities. If I file a complaint against the city of Claxton for open government issue, he, they're mediating between me and the city of Claxton. As the state. As the state. Right. And look, he's, he, Chris Carr has been unabashed about the fact that he does not represent the people of Georgia. He represents the government of Georgia. But that's that's the job. I, I understand. I'm saying, but he's been unabashed about that and very sure. clear. But uh, sure, it, this sounds great in a in a, uh, in a campaign mailer. He's not operating as the people's lawyer. Um, yeah, r- read the Constitution, the state Constitution. And I think that we've shown that women, elected females in office, by and large, are terrible if they are also attorneys. Like. The district attorneys that are, have been female, not so good. Why would we elevate her to the state's highest legal Thank position? you, Miss Gloria Allred. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Worst feminist ever. You're welcome. <laughs> so Warnock has two challengers. Uh, Latham Sadler, 
uh, an Atlanta banking executive and U.S. Navy SEAL veteran, opened his candidacy with an announcement highlighting his tours in Afghanistan and Iraq and his tenure as National Security Council official for the former uh, President Trump's administration. Yeah, we're going to be in trouble if if we're going to just go the the veteran like I'm a veteran route because the other guy his the the other GOP guy running is also a veteran. <sighs> Kelvin King. Yep. You know, which I love our veterans. That's not the issue. It's just that's not that's not a qualification. No, it's not. It it, it as part of your resume, it's fine. This is this is my background. But when you lead with Oh, I, I'm a veteran. Well, okay. Well, November 11th, go to Shoney's. They give you free breakfast. Gee, Dave, why do you hate veterans? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Man, I I don't know enough about what he, you know, where he is. He says he's running apart because he's concerned about China's growing influence and fearful that our country being undermined from within by a broken political system lacking authentic leadership. Well, Hoss, the senator is not my leader. You have Senate leadership, and they lead other senators, but the idea is to be a servant, not a leader. I'm tired I'm tired of people saying, elect me, I'll be your leader. I, I don't need a leader. I need a servant. Well, yeah, and I don't really want someone who equates to leading a state to who thinks that's the same as running into a war zone. Look, and, and I get the the part of it of understanding how to handle high pressure situations and all that stuff. But the the vote for me, I was a seal. I like I said, I don't have a problem with being part of your resume. It just is. It's it's a job you had for for a period of time. And and we we should know. We should know what you did in your early yeah, absolutely. Tw- it, it, you go, know, it like, goes to building a, a resume, but. Uh, you need to need to really tune in to what are you going to do? Uh, China's becoming a problem. Well, what as the junior senator from Georgia can you can you do about China? What are your plans? Uh, he said in an interview he opposed the 1.9 trillion federal stimulus measure, uh, backed the state's controversial election rewrite, controversial. And uh, was skeptical of the pending 2.3 trillion infrastructure proposal that Biden is promoting. Right, Again, even but what even can you if do? elected, he can't go back and change that. Uh, obviously, uh, he can say that with a 50-50 split, if if Georgia sends me to the Senate, I can block things like the the infrastructure bill. Uh, he could with 50-50, he could block packing the court. That's the thing. That's really the stuff that we need to be talking about. Not, you know, I oppose the 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 stimulus. Well, so did I, but neither one of us had a vote. <laughs> "Quote: I'm an outsider." I'm so tired of that damn word. You can't tell me one breath. I was national security. I'm the inside, inside, inside. I'm an outsider who also understands and appreciates policy. There's a thirst for a next generation leader who is authentic, who genuinely loves this country. And who understands that I'll have to work to earn their support. And of course, he, he is joining Kelvin mm. King, a uh, Atlanta small business owner in construction and Air Force veteran who jump-started his uh, uh, campaign uh, la- was last week. And then we have Jeff Duncan, who probably isn't running again, as you mentioned. Is he, is he just going to be a sacrificial lamb for the GOP? I hope. Man, what has he What has he done right? Nothing. Nothing. Huh. Well, I mean, I, I assume he swung the gavel and, 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 and hit the desk with it. Of course, gravity, gravity had a lot to do with that. Well, I mean, he, had, he was only in the, minor, only leagues. the minor league. <laughs> so I don't know how good he is at hitting things. I think he was but. a pitcher, so probably not very good. Uh, but... <laughs> He it's been it's been scandal after scandal with him, and he doesn't he, he doesn't handle the press well. When I, I think Dale Russell showed up and started asking him questions about some travel thing he did, 
And instead of doing the right thing, which is turn around, shake Dale's hand, and say, Dale, I would love to talk to you about that. I don't have the information on hand, but let's uh, let me get you in touch with my scheduled person, and we'll have a sit-down interview, and we'll address all of your concerns right now. Instead, he brushed by, uh, rushed, brushed by. I don't have time to talk right now, and just kept walking. And that's the worst thing. That's that's what feeds Dale Russell's children. If if people just turned around and talked to him mm-hmm. and address it and gave him their side of the story, he wouldn't have a job. Well, maybe he would. It wouldn't be. He wouldn't have to do the gotcha stuff. If 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 people just handled things like an adult, like, hey, I've got a question for you about your travel to. I think I don't know what it was, New York or something. I don't know what it was. Uh, but I have I have a question for you about this. You turn around and say, you know what, Dale? I would love to talk to you about that. I don't have the information here, and I don't want to be on the record going off the top of my head. Uh, l- let me get back in my office. Let me have my my secretary give you a call, and we'll set up an appointment for the next couple of days if that works with you. And then Russell would have had nothing to run yeah, but, with on Fox. But he got elected by avoiding he did, questions and and demagoguing his 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 opponent and playing the baseball card. I did. Oh, see what I, I did. did. I see what you did there. So witty. <laughs> yes, but he, yeah, I mean, it, even his commercials were him throwing a baseball. Like, look, I, I'd i love to sit down and have a beer with Jeff Duncan and, and talk about baseball. I'm sure he's got some, some really cool insight from, from being in the minor leagues and bouncing around the bus leagues and all that stuff. Probably got some cool stories. But that's not a campaign platform. We are really getting some buyer's remorse out of the out of the two thousand, I guess, eighteen election. I'm not. I didn't vote for I'm any of these collectively, except Kemp. Well, I'm not about all that collectivism. <sighs> it's it's like I spend an hour talking to my wife. <laughs> You're just wrong. No matter what Dave says, he's wrong. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha, wrong again. <laughs> Jessica, do you have any closing thoughts? Yes. Okay, so, I mean, by the time the show drops, it will be out there already, of course. But the MyPillow guy, Mike Lindell, or Lind- however he says it, um, he, you know, he's starting his own social network called Frank. And it's supposed to be the free speech social network, but he's going to ban users who use the Lord's name in vain. Um, and again, that's his right, of course. I mean, if he pays for it and sets it up, and but you can't use four swear words. You can't say the C word, the N word, the F word, or God's name in vain. Um, now, <laughs> I don't. I again, private property don't have a problem with it. If uh, if I if if I take offense to using the Lord's name in vain, and you're in my house. And I say, look, you're not going to use that language. Use it again. Tell you to get out. Fine. That's that. That's my right as, as a private property owner. Fine. But you can't say free speech. Now, free speech, we've already demonstrated uh, uh, society has a hard time with it. Uh, 4chan and 8chan, uh, those, those, those sites where Q ca- uh, came up, we're all, we're all free speech sites. That's why you found... Uh, bigots you found nazis you found everything else free speech is ugly but you have to be willing to defend it i don't know i i did i did enjoy seeing that david hogg uh, folded up his his pillow company because work is hard and and the meme that i put out <laughs> that he literally lost a pillow fight i don't have it this week I, I will i will defer to yours since i uh piggybacked on yours so if you like what you heard, please like and share us on social media. If you don't like what you heard, inflict us on your friends. Make them download and listen to it. And we make really good dinner companions if you just want to sit the family down and hit play on your on your favorite device and have, and have the kids get educated. <laughs> and tell the kids, this is what you don't want to become. So, for Jessica Salaji, for Eric Cumbie, our editor, I'm Dave Roberts. Have a great week.